When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Phoenix Sports Podcast. You know me, it's your girl. I'm Michaela Perkins, joined by the one, the only, David on the Mac. That's your new, yo, yo. That's your new producer nickname. Um, you're going to have to bubble in this show, so I'm just giving you a heads up now. You have to be prepared for to bubble in. <gasps> Yay! He's here. Bubble David, everyone. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. We'd like to give a huge shout out, of course, to our friends at OG's Brands, the official sponsor of Flavoring Fridays. OG's is not your average cannabis-infused gummy. They absolutely knock it out of the park when it comes to flavor, and the effects of their gummies are a total slam dunk, too. Head on over to ogsbrands.com to see their full lineup and find where you can purchase. Oh, it's a Friday. There's so many good vibes happening. I'm super excited for this weekend. Um, are you going to be taking a trip down to Tucson to see our friends take on the uh, Wisconsin Badgers by chance? I, I may. I you may? may? You may. I've been telling people this is my Super Bowl for all yeah. the pain and suffering that Wisconsin's caused me in my childhood. Yeah. The uh, U of A Wildcats and the Wisconsin Badgers do not get along. That is for sure. That is going to be such a good game. I will definitely be tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> biggest um, U of A fan in the world right biggest U of A in the world right here I'm a trader what can I say um, if you guys didn't know we are having a little sale right now on our diehard memberships if you head on over to gophnx.com you can sign up to be a diehard right now our diehard memberships are on sale for $20 off this is the one and only time this year we are going to be doing a diehard membership sale so if you haven't signed up to be a member yet you have to do it now there is no better time to sign up. There's tons of great benefits. You get access to our diehard only discord, 20% off merch year round, as well as discounts on all of our events, which we've got one coming up in January. That's going to be super fun. You got a free t-shirt. There's so many reasons to sign up. So go ahead and head on over right now and become a member for just $59.99. What a steal. I'm excited about all the new diehards we're adding. We actually have a ton more, which is great. Like, let's just... Get the fam going, you know? I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry, Charles. He's upset at me for joining the U of A bandwagon. Listen, when a team's good, they're good. And U of A is the best team in the country. Um, I don't know if you all uh, know that, but they are number one. Elizabeth understands me. This is why Mac is queen, yes. Um, to all of my ASU people out there, I'll always be a Sun Devil. But, you know, can you blame me for wanting to support a good basketball team? And sometimes a good joke is a good joke. Yeah. Yeah, because it really, really rubs people here. The it wrong really, way. it really pisses people in the office off. Um, I think everybody here is either a Sun Devil or a Wildcat. Like, I don't think we have anyone that went to a different college. So the uh, the the battle lines have been drawn in the office. I have decided to defect to the enemy side. And if you know Michaela, she wants to piss as many people yeah, off as possible. I'm honestly just doing it at this point just to get people upset. So. 
<laughs> don't take anything I say seriously. I just like to be uh, petty and have fun. But there is one thing that you can take seriously, and that is the fact that the Arizona Coyotes, they are zeroing in on some land to build a new arena, which is great news because we have heard literally nothing from this team about what this arena is going to be like for the most part this entire season, which makes me upset, which makes the fans upset. It makes the director of the NL NHLPA upset. Um, and so finally, we're getting a little bit of rumblings about where the Coyotes might be playing hockey. Uh, the Coyotes president and CEO, Javier Gutierrez, told Craig Morgan, a.k.a. PHNX Sports, on Tuesday that the team is expected to announce its chosen arena site by the end of this calendar year or shortly after, which it is December 8th 2023 of our lord and savior so that means we are quickly approaching the end of this calendar year or shortly thereafter and there has been a ton of speculation about where the coyotes are going to go a lot of people have been thinking that the northwest mesa side is kind of where this team is going to be which they have been linked to the team did sign a letter of intent in august according to sources for a site in northwest mesa However, the latest information, according to our very own Craig Morgan, has the team not in Mesa, not in Chandler, not in Gilbert, not in Tempe, because <laughs> the residents of Tempe don't want the Coyotes, but in Northeast Phoenix. And Craig, I feel like, is a little kind of uh, behind the scenes. Oh, yes. Is this the map? Yeah. This is the map of where the alleged site would be. So if you are from Phoenix. You are familiar with this. This is uh, north of the 101, all the way like on the north north side of Scottsdale by the Desert Ridge like shopping area, shopping mall. Um, that's the 101 right there that is circled. There's like a little off ramp that's like not complete, and then that big parcel of land like right north of that little circle is where allegedly the Coyotes are interested in purchasing this land. Now this land is privately owned. So if the Coyotes purchase it from the owner, they do not have to worry about a public vote because the land does not belong to the public. It belongs to someone who owns it privately. So the Coyotes would basically be able to avoid the entire ordeal of having a city have to vote on whether or not they want the arena to be built there, which was the entire issue with Tempe and anyone forgot <laughs> but craig uh took a little trip out to this site he's like a, i feel like craig is a uh, investigative reporter and he is gonna get the tea no matter where he has to go where he has to drive and craig morgan took his happy little butt right on up the 101 and took this video for us so you can see what this little piece of land looks like it is uh barren and desert <laughs> because we live in arizona duh but uh i don't know about you damon but that looks like a pretty nice wide open space for a uh, hockey arena yeah maybe a little entertainment district maybe a little hotel maybe a little Some condo bars. yeah Who knows? why not i mean the desert ridge um outdoor like marketplace shopping mall is like right over there so maybe we can kind of just like get a whole nice big entertainment district happening make a little compound make yeah the coyotes can have a little compound um Obviously, this is not centrally located, to say the least. It is uh, very, very north and very, very east, <laughs> which uh, for our friends out in Glendale and anyone in the southwest uh, part of the valley, I'm very sorry. This is a very far drive for you. 
Um, this is why I was so irritated with the city of Tempe and the people that lived there who shot the Irina deal down because this, the site that the coyotes had picked out in Tempe, the dump, which is still a dump and they have done nothing with, um, was extremely centrally located. It was basically like the middle point for all of the Phoenix suburbs and it was going to be perfect. Well, we all know that that didn't work out. That's not happening. So the coyotes have been in panic mode trying to find another place to go. And my hope was it was going to be something a little bit more central than wherever this piece of land is. I think this is still like, I feel like this is just Glendale, but like the other side of Phoenix, you know, <laughs> like Glendale's out to the West. And then like, this is like North East as far Northeast as you can probably get. Um, so to me, this is just like Glendale East, which is a bummer, but um, it, it is what it is. Like the coyotes, they I, I would rather have the coyotes here than not have the coyotes here at all. So if they are going to have to pick a piece of land in Northeast Scottsdale to stay here, then that's fine. Um, it's convenient for me because I just have to hop on the 51 and then take my little happy butt down there off the 101 and I'm there. It's closer to me, so that is great. But I definitely feel for the fans that are in Glendale, that are in Gilbert and Chandler and like in the southern southern part of this of the uh, of the city. Um, so I mean, I don't really know if it's gonna be the best thing for the Coyotes. I wish that Tempe would have worked out, but bygones are bygones. We gotta let it go. It's obviously not happening. Let me know in the comments how you feel about this supposed Coyotes Arena site. I think Phoenix has always obviously been an option for the Coyotes, and so. Um, I guess it's still considered Phoenix, not Scottsdale, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if that's what happens. Um, I know that I mentioned earlier that the NHLPA was not very happy with the Coyotes, and that is because in November, their executive director, Marty Walsh, came out and said that he was really disappointed by the lack of progress that he's seen from the Coyotes. He said, quote, I was hoping that we would be further along right now in what they're doing to and what they're going to do next. Um, when we met with them, I went there at the end of the season. They had promised they were going to work on some stuff. Right now, it's just speculation. There's nothing concrete, and I'd love to see more action. Uh, yes, Executive Director Mr. Marty Walsh, I also would like to see more action. So I think, obviously, I can't confirm, but it feels like the Coyotes kind of got a little bit of a kick in the butt from either the NHLPA or the league. I was like, hey, we haven't heard anything. Like, you guys have plans. Do you want to stay in the state? Are you going to build an arena? Are you not going to build an arena? Um, and even though the league never gave the Coyotes a firm deadline that was like, we need to know by X date when you are going to announce where your arena is going to be. We've all known that like they can't stay at Mold Arena forever. It's a 3,500 seat arena. Like the NHL teams are not supposed to be playing in this arena. Um, so I feel like the fans have always wanted to like have see some actions, get some fire under their butts, but Everything has been happening behind closed doors. Apparently, the original timeline was that the arena would get announced kind of by the All-Star break, but I don't think that that's a good idea. I think we need to know way sooner than then. Um, but according to sources, this new arena site will allow the Coyotes to remain close to the same construction timeline if the Tempe site had been approved because the Tempe site was a dump and they would have had to take eight months to clean up the dump before they could even break ground on any new construction. Obviously, that fell through. 
and we are still within that eight month window of where they would be cleaning up the stump if the arena had passed. So if we can, if they can, if the coyotes can buy this land and get this thing started, they are technically still on the same timeline that they had originally proposed when they wanted to build an arena in Tempe, which is great because we don't want the team to have to exercise the option that they have with Mullen Arena. Like the faster that they can get into this arena, the better, because I'm so tired of other teams having reasons to dunk on the coyotes. I think it's stupid. And if you know, you know that I <laughs> put all my chips in on the table, all the coyotes staying here on Twitter a couple of months ago. So I really would have been upset if the coyotes had left the state. But either way, it seems like there seems to be a fire under their butt now. They seem to be making progress on finding a new site to play, which is great because I don't want the coyotes to leave. I don't think anybody in the state of Arizona wants the coyotes to leave besides maybe the older population in Tempe. Um, <laughs> no shade, no well, tea, no about, shade. Think about the traffic, Michaela. Yeah. Oh, God. Could you just imagine? Yeah, the 101 is already kind of a disaster. So if you add the traffic that the coyotes are going to add to that like section of the 101, it's going to be a little bit of a disaster. But honestly, like you can't go anywhere in Phoenix without having it be a disaster, like a traffic disaster. Like from the hours of 6.30 a.m. till 9 a.m., the, all the highways are disaster. And then from like 2 p.m. until 6 p.m., the highways are disaster. And so anywhere you put an arena on any of the highway, off of any of the highways in Arizona, it's just going to be a cluster F. Like there's no way to avoid that. It was going to be a cluster F in Tempe. It's going to be a cluster F off the 101. Um, but that's just because there's so many people in Arizona and they're already like the roadways are already shitty. So Sorry to everyone that lives in the northeast section of the valley. Um, if this arena uh, site obviously goes through, you're going to have a nice little traffic nightmare to deal with whenever the Coyotes are at home. But it'll be worth it because you get to go watch the Coyotes play. And that particular area is near, near the Ice Den, which is where the Coyotes practice. It's near Paradise Valley and kind of like the wealthier part of Phoenix, which is where a lot of their season ticket holders are, where a lot of, um, you know, their fan base is is because obviously hockey is a little bit more economically appealing to the wealthy so they're closer to their fan base in that aspect um so i guess it's a win for them in that regard um apparently a lot of their season ticket holders are over there but uh like daniel said in the comments the 101 is probably the lesser of two evils i definitely agree uh the 202 is very central uh highway system that would be a nightmare so it is only affecting the small corner up there. Sorry, everyone that lives over there. But hey, you get to watch the Coyotes play hockey. So that is great. Um, I'm excited. I hope that they do move quickly and they announce where they're going to be and they purchase land. There's still a small issue of the tax abatements that the team is hoping for, which is going to be an issue because then that brings in a bunch of red tape and a bunch of Lauren Kubies of the world and unions and whatever. So that's going to be interesting to see how they navigate that. But either way, I just want the Coyotes to act quickly, purchase a piece of land, announce where they're going to be so we can finally put the relocation rumors to rest. And everyone in Houston and Kansas City and Quebec can suck it, okay? The Coyotes are not coming to your sad little cities. They're staying in Arizona. I said what I said. 
Uh, you know what else is great about Arizona? Burrito Express is here. Oh my God, the best burritos in the Valley are made at Burrito Express. They've got multiple ki- multiple locations throughout the Valley, unlike the Coyotes who don't have any except for Tempe. Um, their customer service is always on point. Their food is always delicious. They are big supporters of ASU Athletics, which, hey, I can't relate. <laughs> But we love that for them. So head on over to your local Marino Express. Why are you laughing? Because even like I'm obviously a U of A guy, but even when I do my Burrito Express ad reads on bets, I am like they support ASU athletes. We appreciate them for that. And, and you're literally an ASU grad and you're like, can't relate. You can't relate. <laughs> I'm kidding, you guys. It's just a bit. Don't come for me. Don't cancel me. Sun Devil for life um thank you so much burrito express for being great partners your burritos are to die for i ingest at least eight salsas per burrito so your salsas are obviously really good too you can grab a burrito and follow burrito express on twitter at burrito exp they also are great uh they have a great twitter account uh shout out to the person that manages their twitter account because they constantly come to my defense whenever i'm in a twitter beef which honestly having a burrito company come to your defense and twitter beefs is iconic <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's angel yeah no it's angel account. Yeah, Angel is just constantly having my back and fighting for me and like taking my side no matter what. And I think it's so funny that a burrito company is uh, involved in Twitter beef and uh, taking my side. Yeah, ride or dies on Twitter. I'm telling you what. Um, Also want to give a shout out to Shady Rays. The future's so bright for the Coyotes. You're going to have to wear some sunglasses uh, when you're talking about them. They build sunglasses that are built to last. They have premium polarized shades. They are an independent sunglass company with a world-class product. They are just as good as any of the high-end designer expensive sunglasses. They've got durable frames, extremely clear optics for all of your outdoor adventures. Shady Rays offer the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by a lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. They have your back long after you purchase. You can shop the entire collection at their brand new location at Kirlin Commons, a full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of Polaroid sunglasses try yourself the shades that are rated five stars by over 250,000 people max army is in the comments i love to see it hey connor hey charles hey elizabeth hello kenny um he doesn't go to many kenny says he doesn't go to many yotes games but you will see him at footprint or chase that's fair honestly um i can understand that you wouldn't go to many coyotes games especially now considering tickets are very expensive at Molot arena um the arizona diamondbacks you guys uh, we have baseball stuff to talk about i max is just standing outside of the studio and it's really throwing me off and i wish he would just leave um he's being disruptive and careless which he is max's mo <laughs> i know um you guys it is december and we have baseball stuff to talk about which makes my heart so happy because baseball is my absolute favorite thing in the whole world and despite the diamond max convincing that Everybody, pretty much, that my Kazen was sleeping through the free agent period. They did a move. They did something. Um, during winter meetings, the Diamondbacks decided to acquire left-handed pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez. He was a free agent, but he was previously with the Detroit Tigers. 
And they inked him to a four-year, $80 million contract that has a vesting fifth-year option, which can push the contract to about a $99 million contract total uh, value. And there are some additional incentives on the way, as every contract normally has. So what are we getting in this Southpaw? Go ahead and throw up his stat graphic for me, Damon. In the 2023 season, Eduardo went 13-9 and with a 3.3 ERA. He pitched 152 and two-thirds innings. He recorded a 1.15 whip. He uh, averaged about eight strikeouts per nine innings, and he walked uh, 2.8 batters per nine innings pretty good stats if you ask me um i think obviously he is going to uh be the third pitcher in the rotation behind zach gallon and merrill kelly the i mean i think the the diamondbacks just needed help in their rotation like desperately bad um despite having just great performances from zach kelly merrill <laughs> zach kelly i just come <laughs> Combine the two. There's a new person on the Diamondbacks. Despite having great performances from both Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly all season long, um, the two pitchers, despite having some struggles along the way, they combined for a 3.39 ERA across 64 starts. Uh, the overall rotation ranked 21st in the majors last season, um, even having Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen. They overall rotation posted a 4.67 ERA. So obviously the two consistent pitchers uh, were the only two that really did anything helpful. The other three, uh, well, I guess there were a multitude of just besides not just not the other three, but the entire starting rotation obviously needed help is what I'm trying to say. And this is definitely going to help them. He is a left-handed pitcher, which is great because we needed a left-handed pitcher desperately. Uh, the last one we had got DMA mm -hmm. and sent off into retirement a little bit early, even though he was still collecting a check, a big one for that matter. I'm just excited that they got some help. I think this is going to be huge for the D-backs to have a really great, consistent third arm in their starting rotation. Um, the only downside is that he can be a little bit injury prone. He had a ruptured pulley tendon. Ugh, gross. Um, earlier in the 2023 season, he got off to a super fantastic start. He had that ruptured tendon. Um, it took him a little bit after recovering for about a month to kind of get back up to where he was. So as long as he can avoid rupturing ugh, any more tendons, I don't know why that's so gross. Um, I think it's a great. I think it's a great move. It's a great value. He was ranked, I think, 11th out of 50 on a lot of like the top 50 free agent lists. So great value. I think the Diamondbacks um, were smart in trying to get a third arm from free agency instead of trading for one because I am so scared that the Diamondbacks are going to... Uh, potentially shoot themselves in the foot by giving away a piece that they shouldn't in a trade. And so I'm super happy that we obviously acquired him from free agency and not through trade, but it's great that they have a left-hander in the, in the starting rotation that is not named Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> and I'm just stoked that we don't have to just uh, figure out how to relieve Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly from basically carrying a majority of the workload. And it's going to be great to see what he can provide to the starting rotation. What were your thoughts when he came over, Damon? Um, I think 
I mean, so obviously Merrill Kelly, Zach Gallon, mm-hmm. you probably have two of the 15 best pitchers in baseball last year. Yeah. After that, it was just a group of just really, really bad. It was just, it's that, it's that meme in Jurassic Park where he takes his glasses off, Jeff Goldblum, and yeah. he's just looking at the pile of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what the rest of the rotation was for most of the year. Yeah. Brandon Fott stepped up in the playoffs, like what we see from him. Uh, Definitely think, a fourth or fifth guy, though. And I think there's a lot of potential there for yeah. sure. Uh, but it was nice to get a nice, steady middle-of-the-rotation guy who can help spell some innings for us, not, you know, be Zach Davies or Mad Bum. Mm-hmm. Essentially, just it's nice to have someone who's not named Madison Bumgarner or yeah. Zach Davies. Yeah, or Zach Davies, f- for sure. Um, my God. If I had to watch either of them pitch for much longer, I was going to lose my mind. Zach Davies was terrible. So I agree. I'm I'm just super stoked that the Diamondbacks got another solid arm. Hopefully they're not done, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Zona Tucson, 93. Zona. <laughs> this was a fantastic move. I agree. I think it's great value. I don't think they overpaid, which is another huge thing about this that made me so happy because if you know the Diamondbacks, they like to overpay pitchers. Zach Allen, Madison Bumgarner, looking at you. I mean, not Zach Allen. <laughs> what? Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke, Madison Bumgarner, looking at you. So I'm glad that they didn't overpay. Um, I think they paid him the perfect amount of money for what he's worth. Um, he is 30, so he is a little bit on the older side. He's close to Merrill's age. Um, but like I said, I think he was one of the best left-handers available. They needed a left-handed pitcher, and they got one who happens to be pretty good. So as long as he can avoid injury, I think this is a great 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 pickup but that's not my favorite thing about him you know what my favorite thing is about mr rodriguez he is a petty king and let me show you why when he was with the tigers other tweet in uh a couple years ago the tigers were reportedly supposed to trade him to none other than the los angeles dodgers back in august of this season And Eduardo Rodriguez just so happened to have a 10-team no-trade clause. And guess who was on that list? The Los Angeles motherfucking Dodgers. So guess what he did? He said, you know what? No, I'm not going there. And when the media asked him, you know, why did you not want to go to the Dodgers? Like, they're such a good team. He was like, oh, I don't really want to move my family there. Um, It's really far away from the, the Midwest slash East Coast where all my family is located. It just really wasn't for me. And then in the off season, he decides to sign with the Diamondbacks, who's like a five hour drive away from the Dodgers. So clearly location was not the issue. But you know what was the issue? The World Series between the Red Sox and the Dodgers, because he used to pitch for he was a pitcher for the Red Sox when the Red Sox were playing the Dodgers in the World Series. And uh, our friend Gambo had uh, had a funny little tweet that went out. He said, one thing I think everyone will like about Eduardo Rodriguez is that he very much dislikes the Dodgers. That was the main reason for vetoing the trade to LA at the deadline. It goes back to the 2018 World Series when he was with Boston. He simply did not want to play for them. He's just like me. Eduardo Rodriguez, I love you. I love you so much. Welcome to Arizona. You are a diamond back through and through. The fact that you said, fuck the Dodgers, I'm not going to play there. Literally just out of spite and the fact that you don't like them from the 2018 World Series. Petty King, I love, I love you. 
I am so obsessed with you already and you haven't even thrown a pitch in a Diamondbacks uniform, but I don't care because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And even though I fucking hate the Red Sox too, I think it is iconic that you did not want to go play for the Dodgers. And now you're in an Arizona Diamondbacks uniform and I stand. As soon as that team shot opens, I'm going down there and I'm getting an Eduardo Rodriguez jersey solely for the fact that he vetoed a trade to the Dodgers who... Back in August, we're looking pretty damn good. And uh, he was like, you know what? No, I don't want to go play for him. I'm not going to go to a team that has the potential to the World Series, go to the World Series. And I guess it was a good thing he didn't because you know who got swept? The Dodgers. And you know who they got swept by in the playoffs? The Arizona Diamondbacks. So Eduardo Rodriguez, welcome to the Valley, baby. <laughs> I think it is so iconic that he did not want to go there. I'm obsessed with that entire storyline. <sighs> okay, that was my I hate LA rant for today. It's iconic. Are you kidding? There's not a lot of baseball players that turn down the Dodgers. The Dodgers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Especially, okay, the Tigers. Um, they, although they were better this year, the Tigers were not going to make it to a World Series. The yeah. Dodgers had a pretty damn good chance. So not only did he turn down the chance of making it to a World Series, um, if all things had went well, the Dodgers would probably pay him a heck of a lot more money than we can afford. So uh, just iconic moves all around. I don't know many athletes that take a that turn down an opportunity to play for a championship just because they don't like the organization, which I can't blame him because who likes the Dodgers besides Dodgers fans? He really, this is real hater energy. Yeah. I love it. I, I know. stand. And the thing is, is me and you probably are the two biggest hater energy people in this in office. In the world. Yeah. That's so, why we work a lot. That's why it, we get it along might so be well. Michaela, Damon, Eduardo Rodriguez, t like fan like a club yeah, yeah. just we're gonna make a club eduardo you don't know that this is happening but you're gonna be in mine and damon's club and it's literally just the fuck la club and that's all we do and that's all we talk about and that's all we live for so welcome to the club friend <laughs> you petty king i love you um the diamondbacks are doing something that they haven't done before though and that is spend a lot of money collectively across the board and not just on one player. So <laughs> the Diamondbacks are currently on the hook for $134 million in salary commitments for the 2024 campaign. That barely beats their all-time record, their all-time high payroll record of $131 million back in 2018. Ken Kendrick is opened up the money bags. Daddy Kenny was like, here you go. Let's spend some money this season. And the best part about it is I don't think they're done yet because the Diamondbacks have been linked to another pitcher, Lucas Giolito, Seth Lugo, Justin Turner. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm a petty queen and I don't like Justin Turner. Um, and but, but with Justin Turner, I have to say, Think about how mad it would make Dodgers fans. Yeah. Well, the Dodgers fans are already so mad about the whole Eduardo yeah. Rodriguez thing. I Googled his name yep. and like 80 different Dodger fan club articles popped up about like, why did he not want to come to the Dodgers? Why did he want to sign with the Diamondback? So they're already in a tizzy. Because he has some um, class. That's yeah. Why. Yeah. Because he's not a sellout and he doesn't sell his soul to the devil, Satan, a.k.a. the Dodgers. He decided, you know what? I'm going to keep my soul. I don't want to sell it to Satan. Um, <laughs> so I guess if Justin Turner coming here makes Dodgers fans even more mad than fine, I'll bite the bullet. Uh, as long as the end goal is making Dodgers fans mad I will accept 
that is the only condition. And the other person that they're linked to, which makes me extra super excited, is JD Martinez, friend of the program. Uh, Mr. Martinez has been here and has worn a Diamondbacks jersey in the past. I do believe he was on that 2018 roster that uh, is now currently getting outspent by the Diamondbacks. I would love nothing more than to see JD Martinez come back here. I think he's still got it. I think he'd be a fantastic DH option. And I think out of all of the things that the Diamondbacks still need, because let's go through the list, they need at least one more bullpen pitcher. I think that they should prioritize getting at least one more starting pitcher because if you're going to let Brandon Fott start in this rotation, uh, you definitely need one more. You need one more pitcher. So I think they need one more starting pitcher. I think they need one more bullpen piece. I They definitely need a power bat. Um, and I know that they got a third baseman, but... No offense, Eugenio. I'm not necessarily stoked. Um, I hope you prove me wrong. He's going to be stable. Uh, he's going to be a stable third baseman, which is great because that position has had a lot of Why don't you like instability. Um, I think there were better options available. I f- he's he's pretty consistent. This is what he's, I'll say about yeah, him. Yeah, the consistency is what I was saying. Is like He is a consistent third baseman. He is just you know steady, and they need some steadiness at that position because they haven't had a lot of stability at third base in a long time. Since um, 2018, or since 2017, Eugenio Suarez has over 80 RBI every year except for the shortened season, except for one year where he got 79. So if he's batting in 80 runs for us this year, I'll, I'll be take happy. It. Yeah. yeah, I'll take it for sure. But I also think they need a power bat. So power bat, starting pitcher, another bullpen piece, anything else? Yeah, uh, yeah. One more pitching depth, backup catcher, designated hitter, backup catcher, and then yeah. maybe an outfielder. Yeah, backup catcher and outfielder is a pretty low on my list. I think another starting pitcher, power bat, bullpen piece in that order. Um, so I don't know how I feel about Lucas Giolito because he struggled a little bit at the end of the season there. Uh, but I don't think the Diamondbacks are going to be like big time spenders. Like I don't see them going after some of the bigger names on the market just because I think even though Daddy Kenny has been like, here you go, here's some money. I don't think he's going to be like blank check, have fun, spend whatever you want. Um, I do think there is a limit to <laughs> the money that he is choosing to spend. And I think we're kind of getting close to that limit. So if we pick up J.D. Martinez, for example, I think that's going to definitely take away some of the options that we would have at the starting pitching position or a bullpen piece, which is fine with me because if you're going to talk about another pitcher, it's obviously going to be your fourth or fifth one. So I don't think you need to go out and get the biggest name ever to have a fourth or fifth pitcher. I think you've got three incredible starting pitchers. And so I don't think you spend that money on a starting pitcher. You definitely need one, but you don't need an incredible one. So I think I would rather them spend money on like a JD Martinez or Justin Turner to get some help in their lineup because I think they still need it. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. New report as of like a couple hours ago that they're interested in Jorge Soler as well. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. That'd be good. That would be good. I definitely like that too. (laughs) Um, I would prefer him over Justin Turner. Anyways, <laughs> I'm just happy that the Diamondbacks are doing something and they're doing something that is smart. They're not shooting themselves off. They're not cutting their nose off to despite their face or shooting themselves in the foot by overspending on older players or trading away key pieces to get bigger names here. I am so steadfast and I believe so hard in Mike Hazen and his timeline and his vision for this team. And I think this offseason is proving that He's still in control. He still knows what he's doing, and I'm really happy with what they're doing. Do you agree, Damon? Yeah, I think, I mean, 
they have obviously a good core in place and a lot of players locked up on decent salaries. So I, I, I just think that it's, it's good that they're showing that they're serious about spending and, and wanting to, to win at a high level. Yeah. They have a lot of room for adding into the salary mm-hmm. cap and they have been doing it thus far. So just let's get these last couple of pieces. And I do think that they're, I think Ken is probably just like, all right, let's take it easy. You know, I think he'll sign one more big guy. Like JD Martinez or yeah, Jorge yeah, yeah. And I think that's that, the, that's max. Yeah, like, and then after that, it's pretty much over. Yeah, I think the I think Kenny's got room for one more. And then he's gonna be like, "All right, we're done. Okay, that hurts my pocketbooks a little bit too much." Um, so I'm excited to see what they do. My preference is that they spend that last big player on a bat and not a pitcher, but we'll see what happens. We'll see. Want to give it another shout out to our friends at OGs because they of of course the sponsor of the show, a sponsor of Flavoring Fridays, but they're also just a fantastic partner in general. And if you are in the market for some amazing THC or CBD infused gummies, OGs has got to be the the gummy of your choice. They are so delicious. They are scratch made right here in Arizona, which I don't know about you, but I prefer to support local and OGs is as local as it gets. They have incredibly flavored gum, incredible, incredibly flavored gummies. I'm having trouble speaking English today. Um, The strawberries and cream happy balance, which is a blend of THC and CBD are my absolute favorite to go to. I also love their three milligram mini gummy options because they just give you like that little nice buzz that you might need to get through the end of a long week. But the orange creamsicle sativa gummies are always a great fallback option. Wherever you're at in your journey, you can always add OGs along with you. I highly recommend them. They are delicious and effective. They are just a slam dunk all around. To learn more about OGs gummies and where you can find them, head on over to ogsbrands.com. Also, thank you to Gila River, who is one of our newer partners here at PHNX. At Gila River Resorts and Casinos, no one does it better. They offer an authentic and immersive experience with an unprecedented level amount of entertainment and excitement that you won't find anywhere else in the desert. They just set a high bar. Their state-of-the-art gaming floor has over 800 slot machines, 15 blackjack tables, live table games, not to mention Arizona's largest casino sports book. Shout out to BetMGM Sportsbook at the Gila River wild horse pass casino they have all types of great entertainment and you just got to check it out and you have to go you have to see it to believe it they also do concerts down at the wild horse pass casino and i am going to one tonight i am super excited my friends at gila river hooked me up with tickets so make sure you're following me on social media because i'll be posting updates from the concert if you haven't been to a concert yet you have to check it out i went to one last year actually with the same friend that i'm going to with tonight's concert and every time we go it's just such a fun experience they've got dining options on site they've got bars on site you can gamble before a concert you can gamble after a concert it's just so much fun there's really no better place to catch a concert in arizona than at the wild horse pass casino and hotel you do you at gila river resorts and casinos visit playathila.com for more details we'll all right be there in two weeks for the cardinals home watch party at the Top Golf Swing Suite for 49ers Cardinals. Yes. So meet us out there at Gila River. If you don't have plans yet, Pass. absolutely. It's Go a great watch. Time. It's at the Top Golf Swing Suite. You can swing a golf club and watch football. It's like every guy's fantasy you know who doesn't want to do that so if you don't have if you don't have plans yet for the cardinals 49ers game go check out our watch party all right we gotta end this on an interesting note phoenix suns ah uh, ah uh.
It's so frustrating. <laughs> I wish I had better things to say, but I don't. So we're just going to get into it. Uh, the Phoenix Suns lost to the Lakers in the semifinals for the NBA in-season tournament. And it was a game. It was a, I mean, it was like competitive in the fact that they were close for the most part outside of the first half. Um, they were trading blows. It was a heavy hitter, heavyweight title championship type of game. But the Suns just couldn't get it done, and they shot themselves in the foot along the way. And uh, here is the stats of that game, and I'll show you what I'm talking about here in a second. Um, the turnovers, the turnovers, the turnovers, the turnovers. If you see, the Suns decided to turn the ball over 22 times compared to the Lakers, who just turned the ball over 10 times. And that is basically what determined the outcome of this game. Uh, we'll talk about the controversial calls in a second, but the Suns wound up taking 27 fewer shots than Los Angeles because they committed 22 turnovers as a team and they gave up 21 offensive rebounds. And when you are playing the Lakers, you can't do that. So regardless of what happens with the refs or a controversial call or not, when you are shooting less and you are turning over more, you're just not going to win a basketball game. That is kind of just uh, simple math. And they didn't. They lost to the Lakers and they are not going to Vegas for the in-season tournament. And even though they decided to turn the ball over a bunch and didn't necessarily play their best basketball, the referees... Did not really help either. Uh, there were two controversial calls. I won't really talk about the first one because it's been confirmed that that was the correct call. And there was a rule that stated something about under two minutes in a game, whatever. We're not even going to get into it. The thing that we are going to talk about, though, is the fact that there was 11 seconds left in the game. And Kevin Durant scored to bring the Suns within two points. So all they, it was a one-score game. The Lakers inbounded the ball to Austin Reeves, and rather than foul right away, Phoenix was going to try to play like the steal or like the eight-second violation card. Um, Reeves decided to stumble a little bit, and he bumped the ball from Booker, and then chaos kind of broke loose. Um, Booker and Durant swarmed him. Reeves lost control of the ball. There was a loose ball, and uh, it looks like Grayson Allen was about to recover it. Then LeBron James started losing his mind and trying to get a timeout called, and they called the timeout. The ref sure did. But they called a timeout without seeing, I guess, that Reeves did not have control of the ball when LeBron James was losing his mind trying to get a timeout called. And if you didn't know, the team has to have control of a ball for a timeout to be called by that team. Um, it was frustrating because that could have changed the outcome of the game for sure. If they didn't get a timeout there, there's a chance that the Suns score and tie the game or even hit a three and win the game. And it just uh, it didn't it didn't work out that way because the uh, lay timeout, as Lojo Phoenix likes to call him, decided to do what LeBron James does best and uh, leverage his, in my opinion, uh, stature in the game to get a timeout called. Even though when you watch it live, there's no evidence that Reeves had the ball in control when LeBron James was calling the timeout. Like it's an impossible if you're watching it live to determine for sure that he has the ball in control. 
it definitely should have been a turnover and a game time bucket for Phoenix. Like that's, that's just is what it is. Um, but instead, LA got their timeout and they made one of two two free throws, and the uh, Suns were out of it at that point. It was a critical call. It was a critical call in the final seconds of a one possession game for something that matters because this just wasn't like a regular like season game. This was an in-season tournament game that determined who was going to make it to the next stage of the in-season tournament and the league officials totally botched it. Totally botched it. Um, you know what's interesting about that play looking back on it is Reeves is totally trying to foul bait there because yeah. he thinks that they're going to like intentionally foul, foul so him. He yeah. throws his body into Booker and that's mm-hmm. how he loses the ball. Yeah. Obviously a no call from the refs there and it was the it was the correct decision. Yeah, I mean the game had been physical the whole game. So, so you can't decide to call it at that moment when that's how they had been playing all game. Yeah, and and, and I think from my perspective that's good officiating. Yeah. Where it's like Reeves is trying to draw a foul, you are not giving him the benefit of the doubt there. And then meanwhile you have some other guy on the on the other side of the court who can't do such basic things as determine whether possession is had when yeah. he calls for a timeout. Yes. It's like the two just it's the two drastic differences in in officiating on the same officiating crew yeah. at the same moment. Do you think if it wasn't LeBron trying to call a timeout, they wouldn't have given it to him? Yeah, probably. I mean, I think it's it's definitely like LeBron stature, like you said, gives him a little bit benefit of the doubt there. Right? That's what I'm saying. Um, the NBA officiating released a report that said that was the right call because after going through instant replay and frame by frame, according to the league, he did have a little bit of control with the ball against his leg or some shit. I don't know. I think that's bullshit. I think when, unless, like if you're watching it live, which you are, there's no way to make that call. There's not. Like they can only say that that was the right call because they have slow-mo frame by frame replay. But when you're in the game and that's happening live, you can't make that call. Like you can't. I'm sorry, but that's just egregious. The last two minute report said that it was the correct decision. Mm-hmm. I just don't agree with that. I don't agree with it either because the only reason they said it was a right decision was because they got to go back, watch it, go frame by frame and see that there was one frame within that replay where he had his hand on the ball like against his leg or something but having your hand on the ball doesn't mean that you have possession, possession yeah exactly and i'm like even though that like it ended up being the right call according to your frame by frame replay what i'm saying is is like it wasn't the right call in the moment because it was too controversial it was not set in stone it wasn't concrete to the naked eye without replay it didn't look like he had control and you have to go based off of that and if they had been watching it and it hadn't been LeBron James trying to create a kerfuffle and call for a timeout, I don't think they would have called it. And then we wouldn't be all sitting here upset because like it wouldn't have been called a timeout and it shouldn't have been. Um, and I think that the only reason that they're saying that it was the right call is now because they can go back and watch it frame by frame and find one frame where it looks like he might have control over it. So it's just frustrating like this. Uh, I mean, I could go on for hours about LeBron James, but I'm not going to because we don't have that much time. Um, Connor in the comments saying uh, he's getting what he wants. Yeah. I mean, LeBron gets what LeBron wants. So just unfortunate that that's uh, kind of what the game the game came down to. Um, obviously, the Suns could have avoided being in that position if they hadn't turned the ball over 22 times, if they had shot better, if, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like, a game should never come down to one play in this instance, and the, the Suns definitely did it to themselves. So I'm not trying to make excuses for the Suns because they definitely did not play their best basketball by far. Um, but I'm also saying that the refs need to do better in these types of high-leverage situations for games that matter. I think those two things can exist at the same time, don't you? The Suns should have played better, and the refs shouldn't have fucked that call the up. The Suns aren't very good. No. 
Like they they're just not playing good basketball. They have a hand. I mean, they have a. You can name all the good players off the top of your head. Like yeah. there there needs to be guys to step up a little bit more. Eric Gordon needs to play better. Yeah, Nurkic needs to be more consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you're paying like I, I've been talking about this last couple of days. You're paying essentially six players. Yeah, you're paying Durant, Booker, Beal, Grayson Allen. Eric Gordon, Yusuf Nurkic. No one else on the team is is like anything. making like a significant amount of money. Yeah. So you need those six guys to be your core and to perform consistently. And you're not getting that. No. It's frustrating for sure. There's um, definitely flaws in the team outside of just like a poor refereeing decision. For, oh, yeah, for, for sure. sure. And I think it's fair to say that they shot themselves in the foot and they didn't play their best basketball and the refs fucked them over. Um, they shouldn't have been in that position, but they were, and the refs didn't help. So we'll just leave it at that. We weren't the only ones that were upset about it, though. There were some tweets going around the internet. Mikhail Bridges time chimed in and said, what was that? Uh, there was another tweet from someone that you wouldn't expect. You can go ahead and uh, throw it on the screen if you wouldn't mind. Um, do you have it? Possibly? Nope. Okay, never mind. Damon, this is your first no-no. <laughs> It's okay. I'll just tell you what it was. Skip Bayless tweeted and said the Suns just got screwed. Yeah, they did. Um, never thought I would be agreeing with Skip Bayless of all people, which it was funny because then Nurkic quote tweeted and said, never thought this MF would be right. LOL. Yeah, I think that was how everybody in Phoenix felt um, trying to somehow reason agreeing with Skip Bayless for once in our lifetime. Um, so we weren't the only ones that were upset about it. The whole internet was on fire. Literally like seconds after the game ended, Devin Booker took a screenshot of that play and put it on his Instagram story with like the thinking emoji. Like he wasted no time getting to the internet and saying like, what the heck was that? Um, everyone was upset about it. And I think rightfully so. I think it was a bullshit call and it kind of screwed the Suns. And now we don't get to watch the Suns in the in-season tournament, which is also a bummer. Um, I have thoughts on the in-season tournament, which I don't know if today is the best day to go through all of them. So we can save that for another show. But the Suns will no longer be playing for the in-season tournament title, which it is what it is. Um, there are a lot of good teams that aren't playing for that title. So take that for what you will. I don't know if you guys put a lot of stock into it. I'm not going to make the biggest deal out of it because I don't think the Suns would have won the tournament anyways. Because like Damon said, the Suns are not a good basketball team right now, which when you have... Devin Booker and Kevin Durant on a team. I would never expect my myself to say that, but that is what is happening. Um, this is what Devin Booker had to say after the game and loss to the Lakers. You know, we're not asking for favoritism, just a fair chance. Um, and even before the game and the pregame huddles as a team, we'd come in and be like, we understand what type of game it's going to be. Just keep playing all the way through it. And we continue to play uphill battle the whole time and, you know, to watch it unfold like that stuff. Uh, they came into the game knowing that this was going to be the type of game that they were going to get. And uh, that's definitely the game that they got. And I mean, Booker said it like they're not asking for favoritism. They're just asking for a fair chance. I don't think the refs were fair to the Suns. Um, but also, like I said before, the Suns didn't help themselves or do themselves any favors by the type of basketball that they were playing that game. It's frustrating. Uh, the ref sucking is like a tale as old as time. I don't think we're ever going to get a game where we're like, wow, the refs did a really great job tonight. <laughs> so you win some, you lose some. The Suns are just disappointing overall as a basketball team so far. And like I said, I don't even think they would have made it very far or won the in 
in-season tournament anyways because the basketball they're playing is just not it and uh to add insult to injury literally the things just got worse for the suns because kd has a sprained ankle now um he has already been ruled out for tonight's game against the sacramento kings <sighs> the suns can't catch a break man um bradley Beal's still out Devin booker has been in and out with injury all season long kevin durant is injured with an ankle injury now i just I'm starting to get really disheartened. Um, I said on last week's podcast, I wasn't going to push the panic button yet. I'm pushing the panic button now. Uh, this week, that game, that loss to the Lakers is the first time I reached for the panic button and wanted to press it. I, I'm just so disappointed. Like it's so hard to get my hopes so high. And I know that I shouldn't do this because this is like the anthem of Arizona sports fans everywhere. Um, I was just so looking forward to this season. I thought this was it for the Suns. I felt invincible going into the season. Like, I know, you know, we have to go through a really hard Western Conference. The Nuggets are waiting for us. Like, the Lakers were going to be better. Like, I knew all of that was coming, but I still was so excited to watch this team. And I had such high hopes. I mean, how can you not when you look at the roster on paper? And to see how the season has played out is just so disheartening. Um, obviously, injuries are something that you can't really necessarily control outside of doing your best to just train and prepare your body to play um, in rigorous situations. But God, like the Suns just can't catch a break. And you know, even when you have people that are injured, like you have to have other people that step up in that time. And we haven't had other people step up in that time. Um, so that also makes things worse because obviously it's going to be hard to win games when you're missing Devin Booker and Bradley Beal on any given night. But that shouldn't, I mean, I, I it's just, it's frustrating. Like I know that they've remain competitive and they're not like in the last half of the standings yet but it's just so 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 frustrating and there's so many things that we haven't seen play out with the suns yet that we still have to see play out that i think timing wise it's just not going to work in our favor the fact that our big three haven't played a minute of basketball together yet in the regular season is alarming um there's a lot of team chemistry that hasn't been built there's a lot of people that are sitting on the bench that haven't provided any support or help um like damon said outside of the i mean even the, the six players that are getting paid big contracts like they really haven't done a lot um or enough to make me have confidence in this team i don't think there's really that much of a next man up mentality that i've seen yet um i am concerned about their defense which is a huge problem considering that we were sold uh vogel as being this defensive-minded guru i'm trying i'm trying i'm sorry guys i'm trying not to be a negative nancy but it's really frustrating watching the suns team um in a good place right now it's not. It's not. And the Suns aren't a good basketball team. Like, no matter which way you divide it, you chop it, you look it up, like, they're not performing well. They are definitely not the best team in the league, and they're not even the best close to being one of the best teams in the Western Conference. So uh, I just – I don't really know what else to say at this point. I'm super frustrated. Um, Frank Vogel talked to the media, and <laughs> uh, this is what he had to say. Not the Beal video. Kevin's out tomorrow. Um, yeah, spring ankle. Is it? Did you realize how? I mean, he was playing through it. I could see him limping. No, but he was limited. Yeah, we were contemplating taking him out. He wasn't really moving that that great. Um, you know, but we've had to finish two games in the last two weeks with a guy trying to tough through a you know an ankle sprain. 
you know, not at full strength. Credit him for, for being in there and made some big shots late, even even on the the, the bum ankle. So, you know, the guys, uh, guys, really tough. Man. But only two that will be out tomorrow. Grayson Allen's out. Okay. Yeah, uh, going straight. Yeah. That happened during the game. Yep. Uh, Frank doesn't seem like whenever you get close to getting one guy back, something else happens and you still be shorthanded. You can't worry about what you can't control. Yeah, you know, I think we're. Worry about what you can control. Obviously, I guess this is something the Suns can control. But like my mom said, hi, mom. You're only as good as your second team. With all the injuries, a strong bench is essential. That is for sure. And they don't have a strong bench. So you're kind of seeing that catch up to the Suns right now. And it's super frustrating and it's super disappointing. And now Kevin Durant is out for tonight's game. Um, we don't have really much more of an update on if it's like a long-term thing or a short-term thing. We are getting close to the point where uh, Bradley Beal can be reevaluated. We're approaching that three-week deadline that the team originally set at where he can be reevaluated. And this is the latest that we have on Bradley Bradley Beal from Frank Vogel. Uh, full, full participant. Uh, will he be good to go tomorrow? No, not tomorrow. Just how good is that to know that he's at least he's there? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Making progress. It's very encouraging. You know, um, he looked great out there today. Uh, minor of how dynamic he is as a basketball player and how good we're going to be when we get fully healthy. With Brad, what are maybe the final steps that you need? To we want to see him... Uh, He's a full participant in practice, so I guess there's a light at the end of the tunnel there. I don't know. Um, Frank Vogel said we're getting close to, to seeing how good this team can be. Uh, I don't know if I believe that, um, but at least we've got some sort of positive news coming out um, on the injury front. That Bradley Beal is practicing. He's a full participant. He's getting close. Um, our own Flex said that he's anticipating a return for Bradley Beal. That's close to Christmas time. Um, obviously, that puts us at another two weeks out from that. So uh, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you guys. I'm having a hard time coming up with anything positive to say about the Suns right now. Hopefully things will get turned around and I can say some better things next week. Um, but I'm just super bummed. Um, I don't really know what else to tell you guys. I'm sorry. I don't have anything nice to say. I don't know. It's super frustrating and discouraging to be in this position. But hopefully there's still a little bit of season left and the Suns can kind of stop getting hurt and start working together and figuring it out. Um, the game time game of the week, if you want to go watch the Suns, is the Suns against the Kings tonight. It is uh, a low as a $11 right now on the Game Time app. If you want to take your family out for some family fun and you're looking for an affordable thing to do, tickets are only $11. Um, you won't get to watch Kevin Durant, but um, hopefully... On a Friday night, that's pretty nuts. Yeah, fr Friday night Suns game, why not? You know, take the kids out for 11 bucks, go watch Devin Booker play basketball. Um, it's never a bad thing to watch a basketball game, right? Right. The Game Time app is the the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. They have the absolute best ticket prices available. They are so low, it makes my head spin. Head on over to Game Time right now. Tickets also make a great holiday gift. So if you're still uh, present shopping and you want to buy someone in your life a present, grab some tickets. It's a great, it's a great gift. Um, you can snag the tickets without stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use promo code PHNX for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account or redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. Ah, Damon. Damon, Damon, Damon. That's a show. Uh, another one down. Whoop, whoop. Crushed it. 
are you have you decided in this hour if you're gonna go watch the u of a play the badgers well it depends on whether i get my ticket or not well you can get your tickets on game time true, i should have checked true. the game time app for that i should have made that the game of the week i do think it's Damn. sold out but i do bet that there's people reselling on game time because game time is reselling site yeah, yeah you might as well get your tickets or you can just sneak in the student section <laughs> I don't condone that. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Phoenix Sports Podcast. Everyone in the comments who've been writing it out with me all podcast long. You guys are the absolute best. Connor, my mom, Zona, Tucson, Charles Woodall Pike. You guys are all the best. Daniel, Elizabeth. I don't think Chris was here today. I'm going to message her about that. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful, safe weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye.